0: Hi everybody! Welcome to Football General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Cobble. Trevor, welcome back.
1: It's been pretty long weeks. It, 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 it's gone by pretty fast. Um, and, uh, you didn't want to be here, did you? I. I <laughs> it's fine really, too I'm fast. really glad. Really glad to <laughs> be back fast. doing the podcast again. It, it's uh, it's a real marker in my week, and uh, you know gets me gets me ready for uh, for you know a fun weekend. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's good to be back. I think, uh, I think it was a great time for us to take a little hiatus and come back with some real, uh, juicy topics to discuss.
0: A marker in your week. That's like a, somebody from like a boomer period would say, it's a mark in my week, boy.
1: Oh yeah. You <laughs> I see, can see it. It's you. Thursday night yeah. and,
0: uh, tomorrow is the weekend. <laughs>
1: tis,
0: tis the weekend. What better way to kick off your weekend than listen to football in general? Crack open a cold one. Bring it to your barbecue. I'm cutting to the end here. Sorry. We're, uh, there is some background noise here. That's because we're going to be discussing some topics. I had some things pulled up, and that was Mike Florio. So my bad. He was talking over the mic here. There's two mics, a microphone and Mike Florio. See what I did there? So, anywho, um, how about the big news, man? You know, there's it's not big, big news. But first off, before we even talk about the big news, can you believe that training camp starts in approximately two weeks, right? Oh, most, man, most
1: it's, it's so close. You could almost feel it. Like, yeah, uh, we, we were just discussing, you know, the prices for NFL Sunday ticket because it's almost time. Uh, Literally. Can't get here soon enough, but we don't have to wait too much longer.
0: So, what? like, it, you know what it's really cool about training camp? My favorite part about training camp is that you can go there for free.
1: No, it's really cool. I mean, it's a chance for the awesome fans to just go get access to the players. Um, even if you're not able to make it to a game, you can uh, you can make it up there for one of the open practices and and watch these amazing athletes, you know, throw and catch and run and block. It's just really cool. Amazing. Um, been to
0: training camp myself. Uh, we went. Um, one year, and I've been to the Broncos training camp three times. I've been to the Patriots once. Try to make it up to Arizona, uh, or the the, the Cardinals. Um, it's kind of a haul up to Glendale. If you're living in Arizona, if you're an Arizona person, you're listening to this podcast, first off, thank you for being local. Second off, you're, you know, it's going to be a lo- another long season. Something's going to happen. They're going to collapse again. Third off, um, you know how far it is. it is a drive. Even if you're in Phoenix, Glendale's like, if you were in Denver, it'd be like going to Boulder to go to training oh, wow. camp. Yeah, it's not it's not really uh, ideal to drive to. So, but that's uh, a first-world problem. So, nonetheless, <laughs> um, yeah. So, training camp—the earliest training camp starts the July twentieth. July twenty-sixth is when everybody else comes in. The Vegas Raiders start July twentieth, so they start literally a week from yesterday.
1: Wow! They start next week. How cool is that? That's pretty awesome. I, I also think pretty it's, it's pretty great that we uh, we have this again because uh, I'm pretty sure there were no open practices uh the last two years no uh there might have been last year i don't remember but maybe. I, I think they I, I maybe, think, maybe I don't there think, wasn't uh, so. i don't think the broncos did i think this is the first time the broncos will have it in two years um, i think I, I think you're right yeah maybe it was just open to media because I, right. I, I do
0: remember listening right. to you know they're talking about the training camp so. Yeah,
1: you know, i don't i don't know what it's yeah. like at other training camps the broncos are the only ones that i've been to but it's it's packed it's a huge deal Um, Lots of people show up, so it's really cool that we have it back again and uh, people will be able to go out there and really, you know, get an eyeful and and support the team, build them up, so it's pretty great. It's awesome, man. I mean,
0: what can you ask for? You know, the NFL doesn't give away a lot of things for free, as we know. That's right. (laughs) So speaking of them making a lot of money and not giving away anything for free, did you see? The NFL generated 11 billion dollars in revenue this past year. That's after COVID. Obviously, the season was sort of like truncated, you could say, because of well, not like the start of it or anything, but truncated with the attendance of the fans. People were still ap- uh, still un- unaware if they were going to be safe or whatnot at games. And I think it, definitely last year it was still a crapshoot if you were going to get COVID or not by oh, going to an NFL game. Oh yeah, I mean, so
1: even last year at this time, people were bracing themselves for the next wave um, and uh, and that hasn't gone away completely but uh, but I think people are a lot more comfortable uh, with uh, with I don't know a balance that we've seen to have struck as a society with uh, with this pandemic so it's uh, it's a lot more optimistic than it has been since uh, before this this pandemic started
0: yeah no question um, probably the most comfortable we've been during the pandemic. I don't know where we're at now, the tail end of it, although who knows because there's new variants and whatnot, but this is not a science podcast, nor that's is right. it a pandemic podcast that's right so we're gonna move on
1: from that and just talk about how much damn money the NFL has all the time. Jeez. Are you surprised to hear eleven uh, billion I was pretty surprised I mean you hear a a, a number like eleven billion and and it, it's not a number for money you know what I mean that's that's mm-hmm. a number for like you know astrophysics um. Eleven billion—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an unfathomable sum. It's—it's uh, it's a little bit absurd. <laughs> uh,
0: do you think that's all? Uh, it says revenue. So who knows if it's gross or like net profit? I guess I, I don't really know how they. Well, I know how they calculate it, but I don't know. Like, you know, they'll just say we made this much money, but taking out all the expenses of the NFL, which I assume is quite a bit. You know, oh,
1: substantial has to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that they would. I don't know, like they're not, they're not banking eleven billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what do you think is like a realistic? I mean, this is a silly question, but you know, do you think all of it's legit revenue? Or I mean, it,
1: I, I gotta, I gotta assume that the majority of it is revenue. Maybe, maybe not a vast majority, but more than half.
0: Like the the league itself banked like five billion dollars. You think? Uh, probably,
1: yeah. That's crazy, man. That's I that mean, is that is insane yeah, for like four that's months. The way, that's the way it's going, like, though. Like uh, the Broncos, what did they sell for? Oh, I don't know, like like quite four, quite a bit, four, four and a half billion. Billion? They didn't sell for that much. Oh yeah, it was no, it was huge. Let's pull this up here. Huge. Sorry, this, this is slow. Uh, it's okay. Four wow, you're right. Four point six five billion dollars. Yeah, that, that was Christ. the. That's, that's the valued. That's the value of one team. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that is something else. Now that's that's not like what they make in a season, but like, man, the the, the NFL is it's big business. It's easy to forget just how massively, uh, you know, big the the money involved in this in this league really is
0: that's crazy i I guess i didn't realize they're worth 4.65 billion that is crazy amount of money to think about yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head we don't really we kind of take for granted how much these teams are really worth because we don't really know how much they're worth you know we we know they're worth a lot i mean they're a professional sports team and the nfl is like big, big business it's it's like the Premier League in England, you know? Right. Like, those teams sell – I mean, if they ever do, I don't think Man U or, like, Chelsea or any of these, like, really big teams. You'd have to ask uh, <laughs> Jake Landry on the other podcast in this network. But um, I don't know what they, they sell for, but I would assume they're probably – and they're Euros. They're worth more. Um, that's crazy. $4.65 billion. Just to acquire the rights to a team in yeah. the NFL. Well, I guess 11000000000 billion doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, there must be more money out there that they, they must have generated. Um, it's You know, we were talking about, if we're gone there, you know, you asked me, like, how could they make that much money? It's like, I mean, the ad revenue is insane. You know, like, every, when you watch a game on Sunday, like, how much time, I would be curious how much time do you actually spend watching the actual professional football game? As opposed to, like, the commercials, you know? Right. Because games are, like, Three and a half hours—that sixty minutes in a football game, you know. So <laughs> that's that's two and a half hours of advertising, or cutting to somebody's big forehead, or like a, p- a penalty, <laughs> you know, like or uh, rest in peace, Tony Saragusa's big ass on the sideline, you know, <laughs> like like that's that's the kind of you know that's 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 what we get and. The Super Bowl is even more indicative. Like $11 billion, you, I, you, I wonder how much money they make off the Super Bowl loan. Probably like a quarter of that. You know? Right, right. Just, it's crazy. I mean, like an average, what? how much is an average like 20-second commercial in the Super Bowl? Like something like $30 million or something crazy. And then there's like hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, you I, know? I, I'm not just, even sure. I, I remember when I was a kid, it was already like a million dollars for a 30-second commercial. Like in the early 90s. Which is crazy man, crazy money back then.
0: I tell you, inflation. You know, <laughs> right?
1: Um, you know, and and the
0: NFL just continues to make a buttload of money, and as um, none of us are really surprised. Uh, it's amazing that they continue to be a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you know that <laughs> they're listed as a nonprofit? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they don't pay I, any. I was any I was taxes. wondering how
1: how much you know if, if they if they can raise. You know, if they can get 11 billion in revenue in a season, uh, how how much money do they do they raise for you know breast cancer awareness and and breast cancer research? It has to be huge. I would, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope I so. I really hope that it's it's a huge yes. number. <laughs> they um,
0: they deserve
1: to be yeah I mean, gouged you, I on mean, that it, one. It, it, They they do it for what a whole month, um, and uh, you'd think you'd think they've got. A lot of money to throw at a good cause at that point,
0: yeah. yeah and they they do the cure one too so they' it's like a rainbow you know it represents right. all the different colors of right. the cancer wheel um, or the color of cancer wheel I'm sorry um but nonetheless it's golly it's intense uh, <laughs> it's really intense going from one league that makes a lot of money to a guy who made a lot of money and is no longer going to be playing in the NFL rob Gunkowski thirty three years old, two years older than me. <laughs> Is retiring from the NFL, multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> what was your initial reaction to this
1: news? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, I think it makes sense. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, an interesting topic to keep an eye on. Uh, we're going to get a lot of speculation about it. I, I've already seen a lot of speculation, like, oh, is he, you know, is he really retired? Is he going to come back late in the season? Or is he going to come back for the playoffs? You know, which which you know, from there you have to wonder like, well, you know, he's not gonna come back uh, for the playoffs if they're not in the playoffs, or he's not gonna come back late in the season if they're not doing well. But it is Tom Brady in the NFC, so predictably they're gonna they're gonna do well. Um so yeah, I, I think it's uh you know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to not want to uh You know, to do another season of this really physically abusive profession, Um, you know, he's he's been to the mountaintop over and over. Um, He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. Arguably, the best to ever play the game. Uh, So, so yeah, I I don't see why he wouldn't uh, wouldn't step away unless he has a chance to really substantially add to that legacy. And even then, he might just be done, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got plenty of business ventures outside the NFL. Like he does the CBD thing. Um he spikes oh, his, footballs. His, his opportunities,
1: <laughs> his opportunities so. after football are endless. That that'll be interesting to see. Is like what what is uh, what is he going to do to stay busy? Because uh, you know he's going to have lots of opportunities, uh, whether it's you know with professional wrestling or commentating or uh reality television like the, the possibilities truly are endless with with a character like gronk um so so that'll be that'll be something to uh to look out for definitely
0: no question yeah it's <clears throat> endless like you said he's an entertaining guy he, i mean he, i assume he'll like go do some nfl tv stuff like he'll go to, like fox or like cbs or nbc um You know, with all this talk of Thursday night football and Sunday night football kind of switching hands um, and the NFL Network, uh, excuse me, NFL Sunday ticket supposedly possibly being bought by Apple. Like, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to fill gaps for NFL analysts. And, you know, he's a big, dumb guy. Let's be honest. He's he's big and dumb.
1: Honestly, uh, I'd love to see. There's so many places he could pop up. I think he should referee the uh, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson bout. Uh, I'd actually tune in. I'd be be so much more likely to tune in if it was refereed by Gronkowski. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, it would be entertaining. I mean, the the, the fight will already be like a snooze, you know, so um, I don't know. Did you really say Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson are fighting? Did you really just say that?
1: They are. They have a scheduled bout. I I can't remember how soon it is, but, like, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell... Had a press release saying he would not play in the NFL this year so that he can focus on that. And it's like, oh yeah, we all, we all care, Le'Veon.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like you're really, yeah, you're a hot, hot button. So, where is that? Wow, okay. Uh,
1: it's, I, I mean, I can't remember what it's called, but it's definitely like uh, is it in
0: Saudi Arabia.
1: I don't know if it's in Saudi Arabia, but it's another one of these social media no boxing matches. Las- okay, it's
0: a, it's at Crypto Arena field crypto crypto.com arena <laughs> which is the staple center by the way they just call it crypto.com right. crypto's worked out great but the you the know.
1: name of the promotion is something that's tied to social media um, it, i think it's the one that does like the jake paul logan paul nonsense great no it's <laughs> it, <just> so another... <laughs> i mean it, this is this is interesting unless you're a diehard boxing fan, and then it's probably extremely frustrating to watch this happen to your sport. Um, oh, God, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a real uh, bastardization of, uh, of a really old sport.
0: <laughs> right. That's just getting worse and worse by the years because of Don King and all the other nonsense. Um, wow. Wow. I don't even remember what to- topic we're on. I'm just so blown away by this. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> no, we, 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 we strayed a
1: little bit from Gronk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so if Gronk was the referee, hypothetically, yes, I, I would probably watch that. I'm, I might watch it anyway just because it's going to be a train wreck.
1: No, it's, I, it's yeah. A, it's, it's a good excuse it's to get be, all your buddies around. It's, it's going to be terrible. You know? uh, right. I think because it's boxing, it's worth mentioning that Adrian Peterson is like six years older than Le'Veon Bell. Um so it, it could be uh, real one-sided, if it especially if it goes multiple rounds. You'd think that Le'Veon Bell would have a big advantage there. But, but who knows? Adrian Peterson's a freak athlete, so you just never know. Yucky.
0: <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but, you know, Gronk's got a bright future. Like I said, he's a business guy. He's got the CBD thing. Um, he's got plenty of other business ventures. He's entertaining. He's a name. He's a big dumb idiot, like I was saying earlier. (laughs) Um, So, like, everybody wants him. He's like the frat boy, like, you can't get enough of, you know? Um, He's got a beautiful wife. Like, he'll stick around and make more money. You (laughs) you best believe it. They'll probably come out with with some sort of reality TV show with him and his four brothers and living in the same house. I don't know. It's just get ready for Gronkapalooza. It's about to start, it's going to happen. We're going to see a lot of Gronk over the next like ten years. Yeah, uh, it's, I was, yeah, it's going
1: it. to be a long time before he doesn't have just uh, oodles and oodles of projects and opportunities to pick and choose from. Uh, so yeah, totally. it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, where his future takes him.
0: Very interesting indeed. Well, some of his future has been decided. It's been a guy we've talked about a few times. Unfortunately, we made him uh, the topic of many discussions at, at length, and it's not Deshaun Watson, thank God. It's <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, the most, well, I would say polarizing, mediocre quarterback that's ever played. Probably right up there, um, outside of Tim Tebow, which he was horrendous, and people loved him. I, I, for a variety of reasons, it's, it's fine. Baker Mayfield, not so much... Um, I've heard, read a lot of reports that he was basically kind of like a weasel in the locker room and immature and uh, among other things. Just, I mean, just some really damning things. But gets traded to Carolina. Um, let me ask you this before you respond. If I told you that um, <laughs> Carolina Panthers would have the top two of the top three draft picks in 2018 draft in 2022, would you be happy?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's that's definitely. Uh a good way to frame it, because it's kind of like, what the hell? Um, (laughs) Sam Darnold uh, and Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold went third overall, is that right?
0: Yeah, 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 and Baker Mayfield went first. Yeah, yeah,
1: the number one and number three overall quarterback picks uh, now battling uh, on the same team. And, uh, I mean, you know me, I try to to take the perspective of the fans, and and I try to be an optimist, uh, but... I don't think this is the quarterback battle that you want, you know. Um, and, and honestly, it, you rarely do want a quarterback battle. What you want is a, a clear number one. Um, but uh, but but here they are, and uh, yeah, I I, I I wish I could say that you know whoever does win the quarterback position in in Carolina is going to have a really good situation. And, and certainly, it's not the worst one, but but that team uh, has serious needs uh, across the roster. They they've got some real talent, but uh, but that O line is not going to be what Baker Mayfield was used to. Um, a, a powerful running back for sure, and, and uh, I think they got a good uh, a, a good number two back in the draft. I can't remember, um, but uh, but you know the the defense has has really dropped off uh in in recent years for that for that team and there's just i I don't have a lot of optimism for whoever wins the quarterback battle there
0: it's gonna be really ugly
1: (laughs) i don't know what else to say
0: you have like a a third round pick oh i think we both talked about has like a lot of potential you know i I'd be concerned about the coaching there in terms of bringing him along. Like, is it good enough? Is Matt Rule even a good coach? I don't know. I, he's got kind of a. You know, we just can't really judge
1: Matt Rule. That's, exactly, that's exactly what I, it is. The, how could the jury, you? The jury is out on like, Matt Rule because there's not been a proper litmus test. You know? There's like, it's not been he, like, okay, well, this is definitely. Like, why couldn't Matt Rule do more with what he has? Well, look at what he has. Uh, like,
0: I, I honestly think, like, that defense is, you know. I, I do think they're they're good. I, I know you said they're they're kind of they're they're missing some pieces, but if you look at what they have now, like Dante Jackson, Shaq Jack Thompson, Derek Brown, uh Brian Burns, like they've drafted well on defense. Well, um, and, and that's Jeremy also Chin,
1: a big part you know? of the puzzle and, and one of the things we love about this sport is is how multifaceted it is. Um, you know, the the, the defense might be a really good defense, but you know, even a great defense can't be a great defense with no offense. We, we've seen it so many no, times. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, until they get an O line that can allow any of these guys to uh, to put a drive together and not put the entire offense on on Christian McCaffrey's back, uh, which right. you know, which he's he's you know, I'm a big fan and I'm an optimist, but he's reaching that shelf life we always talk about with these stud running backs. So I, I just don't see how these pieces all come together for a good, a good twenty twenty two for for Carolina.
0: Yeah, and definitely. I mean, you're twenty six years old. <laughs> your name's Christian McCaffrey, and you're done.
1: Like, yeah, how crazy is that? Tom Brady, I, been unretired. So you know, if Tom Brady had stayed retired, then then that would be a wide open division. But uh, but Tom Brady, unretired, and now it's it, it's just it's. It's going to be uh, a tough road for Carolina. I,
0: just with them, though. Like, okay, so then, like, Atlanta and New Orleans, like, uh, they're probably two of the worst teams in the NFC. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know, especially Atlanta. They're, like, one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. You Dude, know? Yeah, the, the, uh, so,
1: Atlanta. Let's not talk about Atlanta. Jesus.
0: <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> I, you know, I I, I mean, it's the quarterback situation so bad that Robbie Anderson retired. He's like, I just can't, no, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, not doing this. I I just wonder, and I've said this before about Matt Corral, I feel like he's got a lot of talent. I just feel so bad that, like, he really needs a a a, a really good coach, a good offensive coordinator, like, some st- stability. Like, Matt Corral, Matt Rule is probably done after this year. Uh, if they start bad, he's probably done early in the season or midseason. Like, so I don't know how that's going to help anybody, but it's going to be competitive quarterback room. I guess that's the only, like, silver lining, you know, that, like, you'll have three guys who are just going to compete with one another, and you'll see who the cream will rise to the top, so to speak. I'm not sure if that's, like, you know, when you you have, like, a an um, like Irish car bomb, you know, and you don't, like, drink the the milk fast enough in an Irish car bomb, and it just curdles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's like the best. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> that's... That's kind of the only way I can picture this. It's like there's an Irish car bomb. Like, yeah, there's going to be some cream rising in to the top, but it may not be the cream you want to drink. <laughs> so, like, like that's that's all I got here. I, it's just an absolute freaking train wreck in Carolina, and it's it's sad because that's a really good fan base and it's a good stadium, and um, they're probably going to be like this for the next three years at least. You know, so, but what are you going to (laughs) do? Unless Brady retires after this year, then I, which he probably will knock on wood. I say it all the time and that's not the case, but, um, and then I think Carolina probably has a chance, but until then they're, you know, SOL. So short on luck people, short on (laughs) luck. That's what that means. So do you think it was good value? Do you think it was well let me think of it. it's a good value. I mean I mean stop at that cuz we I think we can both agree on that. But what do you like think it's worth picking up Baker Mayfield knowing the baggage behind the situation. Like why why add him to that room? Yeah, so it
1: it really is a little bit of a head scratcher. There there were several places I could see making sense for Baker Mayfield. Carolina wasn't one of them. Um not not that it doesn't make any sense, they just didn't come to mind. But uh yeah, you know yeah. the, the, I think I think I've said it before. whatever was gonna happen, like the sooner the better um, sure you know, if 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 they had got this worked out a month ago, it'd be a much better situation for everyone involved. Um, but uh, you know a, a, and it, you know a, at the same time if if the situation had continued, if we were still talking about where is Baker Mayfield going to go. Uh, that'd be even worse. Um, so you know, it's it's great that we can you know kind of move forward now. Um, the you know there's you know, there's a lot of talk about what this means to the Panthers, what this means for Baker Mayfield. Um, I think the real loser here, no matter how it shakes out, is is the Browns. I, I think they got good value for him. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I look at the Browns situation right now. And when Deshaun Watson gets suspended, because I, I definitely think that he will,
0: the, yeah, it's, the, it's the, not the, if. the Browns
1: are screwed. Um, and Kobe Brissett's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But kind of like, like you, see, you see what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the, yeah. the the Browns really had no winning move when it came to Baker Mayfield. You keep him around, terrible. You trade him, you're still screwed. Um, and mm-hmm. and and even the 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 biggest optimist could say, you know, well, you know, as long as they get things figured out, this could be really good for us down the road. I I'm not sure that it will be. Um, you know. I I have, at this point, because it's been so long, and, and if he gets suspended for a year, at what point do you wonder who Deshaun Watson is now? You know, I mean, quarterbacks rise and fall in this league constantly, like, like any skill position. And to not be on that stage and, and doing that job the way – the way they want him to like eventually that opens the door for he's not he's not the same quarterback anymore that that potential has been squandered um so it's just it oh it's it's a real you know brace yourself for disappointment type of situation in cleveland in my opinion uh, the
0: worst part about that whole thing is that he hadn't played in two years. If that's the case, if he gets suspended for a whole year, that's two years. That's what
1: I, that's what I mean. It's like that's two like, years of not two years of not having the experience. Like you're you're certainly not getting better the way a quarterback would like to get better at this point in his career, trying to get better every year. Um, the landscape is certainly changing. The AFC is not a place where a, a great quarterback can just lead his team to the you know deep into the postseason it's too stacked there are too many really good teams in that conference and you know like like I'm saying that's that's two years of not being on that stage every Sunday or at least once a week and and performing the the job so it's pretty it's pretty crazy
0: yep yeah <laughs> I mean, the situation they got them, the, the Browns have got themselves into is unenviable uh, to a large degree and just, like, very short-sighted. Like, what did they think was going to happen to Deshaun Watson? So if you start Jacoby Brissett, even if your team is good, you know, like Indy, like they had a good team, they started Jacoby Brissett, they went like 9-7. and seven. So that's probably your ceiling with Jacoby Brissett. That's it's what I mean. Not gonna, I, the, the, it's not going to get you in
1: the playoffs. The rest of the Browns' roster you know? is really good, but it's yeah. not. I don't think it's better than the than the than the Colts' you know roster yeah. or that they yeah. have around their right. quarterback. Um, it, it might be close, but it's not better. So so yeah, I do right. think that is your ceiling, uh, and I think they play in a tougher division than the Colts do. Um, you know the Colts are the tough team in that division. When when you look at, uh, you know, the, the other team is obviously the Titans, but uh, I think the Titans' recipe for success is kind of falling apart. Uh, that that's another topic. But I think uh, I think the AFC North is a tougher division. So you're asking Jacoby Brissett with a, a good but lesser roster in a tougher division in the AFC. Yeah, they'll be lucky to have a winning season yeah i mean they're, they'll they be lucky to go nine and eight and that's still
0: not yeah. that's not gonna make it in the playoffs so oh, oh
1: that's not in the afc you know this year? I, that's not a playoff team no,
0: no. Yeah. And, and it could be even worse and you've traded your first round pick like two or three consecutive years and now that pick is really high for houston to to continue to rebuild and as much as we like to just poop all over Houston, which we've done for basically the last year and a half, we've had this podcast. A-
1: absolutely, absolutely. They pretty
0: much. But right. but you you know they got a haul for Deshaun Watson, oh. and they're going to rebuild this team. I gar- I, I don't want to say guarantee, but I do think Nick Casario is a really good like GM, and he's got a few guys he took from New England. And uh, I could be biased, but I do believe in their ability to build teams. Right. You know. Um. Well, I think I think they're going to have a good. They're going to have a good base
1: there uh, here's with the draft picks. I, I completely agree. Here's what I'll say about Houston. Um, going into last season, uh, I was predicting with a fair amount of confidence that they would be the worst team in the league, and they weren't. Um, still pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. We, we saw that team come out and play hard football, uh, even in mm-hmm. the games that they lost, they were competitive in. Uh, they won games that they weren't supposed to. They did all that without without you know the guy uh, so I think that that is a real momentum builder when it comes to the culture of the football team. Uh, so you know it, it's no guarantee that they're gonna cash in on, on all these draft picks uh, but I think it's a really good uh, it's a really good start. On a road towards building this franchise into a winning team, so yeah, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's I, I, <laughs> I'll just say it, I, I have a lot more optimism uh, for the for the Texans and, and where that team is headed than I do for Cleveland or Carolina. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad you you brought them into the conversation because uh, you know I, I'm, I'm not trying to. Backpedal or, or, or say I didn't have the opinions that I had a year ago uh, I, I believe those things and that, that's what I thought of them at the time but uh, throughout last season uh, they definitely impressed me without without having a, a, a I wouldn't call it a successful season but they definitely outperformed my my uh, my predictions by a lot uh, so I, I think that uh, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic in that city. No question. Um, they they went like what five and twelve with yeah. that team. No, they they, they, they won five games and they were and they were in a lot of other games that they lost. Um, so I, I mean, they they really outdid themselves and compared to the expectations that I, I don't think I was the only one that thought that they were the you know you know you know pick their opponent to beat the spread because they probably will type of a situation. But uh, but no, they you know or don't, don't take the over on their matchups because the Texans aren't going to find the end zone this season. Oh, I was way off. Uh, they were very competitive and I think that that like I said, that's a real uh, culture builder with the rest of that roster. So if you hit on a couple of these draft picks and you get you get your quarterback and you get a, a stud lineman, like you, you could be headed towards, uh, some real dominance, especially in a division where you know the, you know, I really do think the Titans are on their way down. You know, the Derrick Henry thing uh, had its window. I think that window is closing, um, and uh, unless things really work out well in in uh, Indianapolis, you know that that recipe for success isn't going to last forever either. So interesting nonetheless
0: i mean they're still gonna be competitive next year with lovey smith the head coach houston i mean um I, they they have like some decent players here and there they, their roster just sucks still i mean it just sucks you know but i think after next year maybe the year after that you'll see sort of where houston's at in terms of their competitiveness and who they are as far as a team chemistry and like identity i don't know if like Look, when Lovey Smith got announced as head coach, I mean, I think I was the first person to go on like five minute rant to just blow it up. You know, Um, it was. Still think it's not a great head coaching hire, not because of Lovey Smith. It's just like you. It's just not how the DNA of the NFL works right now. But I don't. I already went on that train, so I'll just ride this one and say that Houston's got a bright future in terms of draft picks. See how it works. But uh, yeah, Davis Mills is much better than a lot of people thought he was going to be. Oh yeah, you know, um, and Brandon Cooks is still a good receiver. I couldn't tell you anybody else on the team other than Derek <laughs> Stingley, <laughs> and another draft pick they made. But they have ammo. No, I can't.
1: I can't remember specifically now, but I want to say that their their running backs room was kind of like uh, you know the ghost of Christmas past type of oh, situation. Oh, it was. But, but they uh, yeah. but they moved the ball. They moved the ball downfield. Yeah. Um, so you know, yep. tip of the cap to them.
0: Yeah, they had, like, Phil Lindsay in there. And, like, who was the other guy? My God. He had been in, like, a punt punch teams. Was it Carlos Hyde on that team? I, I think, think so. so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so you're not wrong. It was the Ghost of Christmas Past team. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out on Houston. And Cleveland seems like they're in for a reckoning here momentarily. I would think. I don't know when they're going to come out with the Deshaun Watson-like decision. I think the last time we were on the the air, they said, like, a week. And now we're, like, two weeks from training camp. So it seems kind of wild that it still hasn't come up. But that's part of the NFL's course. (laughs) You know? It's part of their course. They they wait till the last second, they'll probably suspend them like right before the preseason starts, right before the season starts. That's probably what will end up happening.
1: Well b- I'll bet before, money on it. I will bet we, money uh, on that. <laughs> before yeah. we move on from this topic, let me just put it this way. Who is the worst team in the AFC North? Hmm. What's what?
0: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland? And Cincinnati, probably Pittsburgh. Although they got a really good defense, I was gonna say, and they have Najee Harris.
1: You know, that's a stacked division. It's like the AFC West. It, the AFC it's West. a really, I mean, tough one. So I, I, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a rough season uh, for the for the Cleveland Browns. It's just you know, which is really a tragedy because it wasn't that long ago that they capped their season with a win over the Steelers just to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs the next week. Uh, They they looked like they were really starting to take control there, and now you've got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and the Steelers' defense, and the Browns might be right back at the bottom again.
0: Yeah, without Deshaun Watson, no question. I think... You know, I, I'd hate to say this. Baltimore might be the worst with Deshaun Watson because I can't go above Pittsburgh because they have really good coaching. Not that Harbaugh's bad. It's just, you know, it's like asking me what's the worst slice of pizza in a pizza, and they all agree right. to me. Give me a slice. Division. It's a tight division. It's just it's too uh, tight. I, I agree. Yeah, it's tough. But, you know, I think Baltimore has, like, the most question marks on both sides of the ball. And Lamar Jackson, especially, is just volatile and injury prone at times, and he doesn't have a contract. Who knows no, if he'll that, play? That team's so,
1: success lives and dies with Lamar Jackson, and whether or not he's yeah. having a good day. Absolutely, uh, no question. The, the thing there is that when Lamar Jackson's having a good day, he can beat anybody in the league. Um, Once again, in, true. In, in, in my opinion, uh, so yeah, it just it just kind of you know they're they're definitely the wild card in that division. Um, but, uh, but man, the, the things are just not looking too bright, in my opinion, for the Browns.
0: Well, let's talk about some bright things for a some change.
1: Bright things.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Trevor, we, we could go in the quarterback, the, the excuse me, the, we were going to start with quarterbacks, fantasy football rankings, but we'll, what we'll do is, folks, we'll dedicate show after show after show to that. And we'll do it as pragmatically as we possibly can, given if there's any other the NFL news that pops in out of nowhere that we have to address. Because we only have so much time, I'm going to ask you some scenarios, and I'm going, to, I'm going to wonder what your advice would be to our listeners, right? So let me ask you this, because this happens a lot, and I think it's a really difficult strategy for people when this comes up in their draft, if you're picking at the end of the first round. You're the last pick, and you're the first pick of the second round. What is typically your strategy for that, if that happens to you?
1: Oh, well, I mean, uh, a lot of that does come with uh... – you know what what's already gone because um, you know there, well of there's, course there's a couple of positions every year where it's like okay well if I don't get that guy then I'm not drafting a tight end until the later rounds you know or if I don't get this guy I'm I'm gonna wait to get a quarterback um but yeah when when you draft two in a row like that I really do like to split it up you know diversify your bonds um uh, you know uh, w- without getting into specifics of, of what's already taken off the board, I'm going wide receiver, running back. Yeah, you know, get yeah. get two, you know, definite starters. RB one, wide receiver one. Get those two things locked down. Um, preferably not on the same team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what um, what do you think about people who have this philosophy of the zero running back? Pol- that's like the zero running back policy until the middle rounds. Yeah, because um, I, I there's, like, it, always a few of them every year who are just absolute studs coming out of nowhere. Right. Like, what's his face? Elijah so, Mitchell last year basically won think, everybody.
1: I do think yeah. it makes a lot of sense, and I also feel like – and, again, this can happen to any player at any time, but the, the likelihood to have your number one overall pick bust, I, I feel like it's higher with a running back. Yeah. Um, you yeah. just you never know when this guy who's projected so high because he's been doing so well is just it's just not his year. And, and and man, when that happens, it's it's not like, oh, well, you know I should have drafted him in the third round. It's like, no, no, you you shouldn't have drafted him. Um, that, that's just right. where it goes with running backs. Um, so you know it's it's trickier to pick the safe stud at, at, at running back. And there's definitely just more options at you know safe wide receiver ones, um, but at the same time, if I if I've got the last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round, it'd be really difficult for me to go two wide receivers.
0: I've done it before. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one, you know. I think some people say if you get that tight end too, you can get value like like Travis Kelsey. For example, you know, like a stud tight end. Um right, right. or like Kyle Pitts. Like I don't think Kyle Pitts is gonna catch a lot of touchdowns, though. He caught one touchdown last year. It was like the most quiet one thousand yard receiver your season. One thousand yard receiver season you'll ever hear.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it was it was definitely uh unique in that way to to yeah. go over a thousand yards, over a hundred catches, one touchdown.
0: Yes, yeah. So like I get the idea of doing like the, the no running back thing into the middle rounds. But you could probably say that about a lot of positions because, like, receivers are... I mean, like, people were taking Cooper Cup in, like, third fourth round last year. And he ended up being an absolute freaking animal, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, And Jamar Chase, you know? I mean, people got lucky with Jamar Chase. But that happens. <laughs> that definitely happens. It's just running back, to me, like, unless you have somebody who's consistent like like you said they're more bound to bust at those top picks um trying to think i took alvin kamara last year uh boy you know second and third overall he was great for the first like six weeks and then nothing he got injured and that was it you know so um it's just is there like what is the difference between a top running back and like somebody you find in the middle rounds is the production that much different you know,
1: I mean, I, I also I, I honestly think that every every season, if you're paying close attention to the early weeks, you can get a starting running back in free agency as long as you're really looking for the guy. Um, I think I picked up Najee Harris off of free agency last year, um, like in like week two or three. So, uh, it's. You know, you got to be proactive. Can't just draft and then not not pay attention. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to yeah. get booted out of your league, anyways. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah, absentee <laughs> ownership—it's a real problem. Uh, <laughs> but, that's
0: wow. yeah, that's uh, that my, my
1: league. My league deals with it every year. We have to kick a couple people out because they weren't setting their lineup because they they weren't in contention for a championship at, at that point in the season. It's like, come on, guy. Uh, yeah.
0: Jeez. Yeah, one job. Yeah, all you have to do yeah. is just pay like, attention. You, 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 at like, least, at least participate. You know,
1: have fun participating. Don't, don't pound. Um, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> you know, what,
0: what that, you that's, a, that's
1: a whole other topic, though. <laughs> okay.
0: How about <laughs> but, a kicker?
1: Uh, kickers, man. Yes. Because uh, especially I'll, I'll, depending on how yeah. your league scores thing, but things. But even in a standard scoring league, a kicker. Like a kicker that's going to average you, you know, nine or ten points a week—that's huge. I think they're like it's like more than that. Like a good kicker is like fifteen. You know, there you go. Like,
0: I mean, that's that's pretty big. That's that five points can be a difference in a lot of games sometimes. You know, so I always thought it was interesting because like the old mantra was don't select one to the last round. Like a lot of people do wait, but like I've also found ones in free agency that are just hot out of nowhere. You know. Yeah. Um, well, so it's like, that, where do you where select a kicker now?
1: A lot of strategy comes into play. If if you miss out on the run, on the really, you know, really highly projected kickers, then I can understand waiting until the end to, to get, you know, not not your... You, know, you might have like five or six kickers in mind, but if they're all gone before you make your move, then yeah, go ahead and, and wait to get your kicker. That's that's not going to be the, the strength of your team. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, again, even more so than running backs, I think kickers, like, you start to notice, like, hey, you know, maybe he's not the best, but he's on a team that kicks a lot of field goals. Uh, they move the ball, but they can't find the end zone. Like, scoop that guy up, because that, that you know, you, you the best kicker doesn't necessarily score the most points. You know, you, you could have a really good kicker on a team that only makes, you know, only scores touchdowns. and. And then you know, even a, a really dominant game, your kicker's only scoring six points. Uh, but uh, you know, you get a, a decent kicker on a team that can never quite punch it in, and then, uh, but does protect the ball. They're they're kicking, you know, four or five field goals a week. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, I mean, do you want the volume, the potential, or yeah? It's hard to say. Yeah, sometimes. Well, and it's
1: hard to know which team that's going to be. Going into the season, because like like we've already mentioned on this podcast, it's it's a very multifaceted sport. So a lot of things uh, affect you know, are you kicking extra points? Are you kicking field goals? Are you getting no attempts at all? So, how
0: about the best player available philosophy? Like like an NFL draft, like not a fantasy football draft, but like. You know that's like the idea of a lot of NFL drafts is you just take the best guy available and you'll find a position for him. Basically, he'll he'll find somewhere if you if you miss on your guy, for example. Like, how does that affect you when you're doing a fantasy football draft? That kind of philosophy.
1: I mean, it, there, I it, it happens less, I think, with fantasy football. It, it makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense in the real world to be like we're right. just going to get the best guy we can, and even right. if he doesn't work out for us for us, he's going to have great value uh, somewhere else in the league. Um, you can take that same mindset with your fantasy draft. Like, man, I, I I just can't find the wide receiver I want in the fourth round. But, uh, you know, I scoop up this running back, and I start to look really stacked at running back. And as long as none of them are, uh, you know, fall off or get injured or suspended, any of those things that can, that can take a player out of the league, you know, maybe you can bargain with somebody else in your league and be like, hey, I, I'm not saying that this running back is better than the wide receiver I want off your roster. I'm just saying you need him more than you need that wide receiver, and I need that wide receiver more than I need this running back. Um, Those situations can be really beneficial, uh, but you also have to know your league. I've been in leagues where this is very realistic, and I've been in leagues where nobody trades with nobody. Uh, So you know that that strategy only works if you know you're in a, a league where guys are Uh, gonna hear you out and and seriously consider those options
0: yeah that makes sense and I I think what you're saying it's more gonna be more of like a bargaining chip for like a a different a package of players or something like that or like you know I've drafted there was one year I drafted like Drew Brees and then I took Brady like late in some round like fifth or sixth round or maybe he's late in that like eighth or ninth because he was gonna miss four games in the season you know so the top two quarterbacks on <laughs> in fantasy, basically, at one point. And so I traded one of them and got back like a plethora of position players, you know, which yeah. was great, and it went in the league. And so I guess that the best player available thing doesn't always hurt you, but I'm just thinking like you're like, uh, this person's here, but you don't necessarily think about like what position you have open, and then you take a position way later in the draft, and you're just like kind of you know, you're just stuck with mm-hmm. some average lower end player because you didn't just take a guy that might have been kind of a reach but at least yeah. you had something better than what you end up getting and then you have this excess of position players you right. know what i'm saying
1: so well i, I think uh, i think this year is the end of an era for me in terms of my number two quarterback because uh, i i've been taking matthew stafford as my number two quarterback every year for about seven years now um i even got him as my second quarterback last year, um, his stats are always insanely good, um, even when he was on a garbage team. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to get him as my second quarterback this year. Uh, I, I expect people have taken notice. Uh, you know, he's got weapons on a team that wins and on a team that doesn't exactly rely too much on the running game. Um, and that's how he ended up with the triple crown wide receiver. Um so uh so I don't think I'll be able I'll have to consider him as my number 1 overall if I want him this year. Or my number 1 quarterback. Matt, I mean
0: Matt Stafford, number one quarterback.
1: Oh man. You're number one quarterback. Not like Josh Allen, like <laughs> No, no. no <laughs> You're I, not I'm, saying I'm not predicting he should go first off the board with quarterbacks, but you know last year I got I got Patrick Mahomes, and then my second quarterback drafted was Matthew Stafford. It was really kind of a, a dream situation. Once we got into the season, wow, that's yeah, that must
0: have been like an eighteen league. Oh, uh,
1: I think it was ten teams. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, there no, you go. I, there, There's not
1: a lot of people had had a whole lot of faith in the uh, Matthew Stafford experiment uh, until they got, you know, until they had proof. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, he threw the most interceptions in the league, so it, was, it wasn't was like a great week-to-week experiment for a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it, he, he had some duds in there. I think we, we had questioned him on this podcast a few times. Uh, he ended up winning the Super Bowl, so, but he had Cooper Cup.
1: Good right, God. well, so that's the thing. I, I had Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford, and you would be shocked how many times with fantasy points Matthew Stafford finished ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I wanna hmm. say it happened about about half the time.
0: I'll be damned. Well It wasn't, you
1: it, know. wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Mahomes' best season. Um, and, and right and there were things that explained why they went the way they did and and at the end of the season he was still in the playoffs and competitive in the playoffs and uh, you know, the, the the game where they got knocked out by the Bills was one of the best games I've ever watched. Um, so, oh, you mean they so, knocked the Bills out? Sorry, knocked, they the, beat knocked the, Bills. the Bills out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, well, they lost to the Bengals yeah. and just oh, came undone. The, the entire AFC playoffs was just some yeah. of the best football I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I'm. I'm and, and this is coming from a diehard NFC kid, okay? <laughs> um, right now, the AFC playoffs is some of the best football you could ever hope to watch. So... Uh, you know, I'm excited for the season to start. I'm really excited uh, already for the AFC playoffs. Likewise,
0: yeah. Me- member the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> member. <laughs> that's all I can member say. Member the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> Remember John Randall? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. There, there you go. There's member berries for for the NFC too, folks in the NFL. Oh, yeah. There is. There is. We we talked about some quarterback nostalgia. We're like, is this league really been that bad? And I started thinking about 1995 and like. Jim Harbaugh being a quarterback, again, in the AFC, AFC Championship. like I guess the quarterbacking's been worse, you know? It's been much worse. <laughs> like Quarterbacks like John Fries are playing, and it's like, oh, God, Drew Bledsoe was like top-five quarterback. Yeah, that's not a good sign, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it is what it is. So, anywho, we'll come back next week. Folks, for another episode of football in general, we have 52 episodes loaded up here on the uh, the old archives. Uh, all of them good, Trevor, right? All of them
1: are classics. All of them correct? are amazing. You, you,
0: all you of them. Really,
1: should do yourself a favor and and sequester yourself for as long as it takes to plow through every episode. Uh, you'll be a better person for it. Uh, Tell you, yeah, you'll you'll have a, a genius level understanding of this amazing sport we love. <laughs>
0: It's 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 a class A education. It's uh, Ivy League level, and it's everything you can possibly hope in a sports podcast. So two guys with beards, no beard oil commercials, however, <laughs> and just a lot of unmitigated and unsubstantiated male talk. So that's what it's about. Anyway, um, I'm. At Bobby Line Instagram, We're at Football in General podcast on Instagram. We're also uh, in your earbuds and uh, everything everywhere. You can basically find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the all the above. Um, Trev, are you searchable? In any yeah, places you can, other than uh, LinkedIn, you
1: can, you can reach me at uh, TrevGoDude on Instagram. I'm very active. Uh, definitely let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Very good. Um,
0: Season's around the corner. So, by the time we lace it up next week to talk more about football, we'll have one training camp in, in session. Maybe we can do a little, uh, I don't know, a little watch along and some video if there's any training camp video available of the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, uh, with Josh McDaniels, first year head coach, Derek Mediocre Carr going back and under the saddle. So, um, looking forward to it, man. We're, we're about as close as you could possibly get. So, um, of course, a week later will be better, but we are close. <laughs> so, here we go. <laughs> You know, here we go into the into the season we go. You know, into the unknown. So, um, until next week, folks. We're out.